put it all together and give us a true vision of what really matters in life. So one of those things that matters to God is, the, is looking for the overlooked, you know, in our lives. And that means caring for people that are often overlooked or not wanted in society or bypassed for whatever reason. So I'll start out with this question. Have you ever experienced that in your own life where you felt like you were shunned, put aside, not wanted, you know? Or maybe we've been around people that were in those situations. Well, guess what? God cares for everybody. And God wants to use people like you and I to care for everybody, right? Because that's what the church is for. The church, and I know sometimes in the world we think of it as this organization or a building, but the truth is it's the people, right? And it's the people, the called out ones that God wants to use to impact the world in that way, to show this world that there is love. There are people who care. There are, there's no person that doesn't matter to God, all right? And there's no big eyes and little use in God's kingdom, all right? He's looking for people who are willing to let God, to let him change their heart, to see things in that light to see things the way God sees them. And that's a powerful thing. And I know, Brother Darren, you shared that experience with me one time that God had showed you how he sees people. And I'm sure many of us have experienced that. And I think that the more we come into his presence, we are able to start seeing the things and seeing others the way God wants to. And we need that. You know, I've struggled personally with, with knowing that I can, I can clash with certain people or personality types and, you know, and, and not being comfortable around certain people. But I always pray that God gives me a bigger heart and enlarges my heart that I can overcome that in love. And the, the scriptures are in Ephesians talk about being rooted and grounded in love. And, and that's really the place we want to operate as a believer because any other place ain't going to work. Right? It's just we're going to fall. We're going to fall very short. So God is able to supply that source of love that you and I don't naturally have. Right? We have a little bit, but God wants to take us a whole lot further and expand that. So we're able to reach people that are unreachable. And we're going to talk about that tonight. One of those, uh, the people that uh, we can think of in our Bible, probably in, in recent Bible studies we've learned about, was Joseph. How many here are familiar with the Old Testament story of Joseph? Powerful story. Talk about being shunned. But his story was unique. So we're going to read a little bit about Joseph. So in his day, it says, Joseph sat on a crude bench within the walls of an ancient Egyptian prison. Deep in thought, he tried to make sense out of his situation. What had gone wrong? Did he take a wrong turn? Why had God let this happen to him? From his youth, Joseph had been a strong believer in God. He had experienced dreams that he was convinced were inspired by God. But then with Blow after blow, his life had been reduced to living as a societal outcast in a foreign land. Joseph's mind flashed back to the traumatic experience of being tackled, tied up, and thrown into a cistern by his own brothers. He would never forget the feeling of helplessness and horror when his own brothers hauled him out of the pit and helped to chain him like an animal to the back of a trade caravan. The years that followed were were not much kinder to Joseph. His new boss's promiscuous wife falsely accused him of rape after he had resisted her unwanted advances. Now he was paying for his good moral behavior while she continued to enjoy a life of wanton luxury. Finally, Joseph's luck seemed to change when God gave him the interpretations of the dreams of two people who were very close to the most powerful man on the planet. Who was that? Pharaoh, right? 
All right, it says, Joseph had hoped one of them would mention a situation to someone who could help, but it had, not, it had been several months, and he still had not heard anything. The loneliness was suffocating. The sense of abandonment chipped away at his self-esteem. It was difficult to resist the temptation to curse God, abandon his faith, or become bitter at his brothers and the people who had locked him away. Joseph sat on that crude prison bench, overlooked and forgotten. He was a short distance from the throne room of Pharaoh, but people saw no value or potential in the prisoner from Palestine. That is no one but God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God saw Joseph in a very different light. A very different light. God saw a young man who was learning to trust. God saw a leader whose character was being developed. God saw the man who would preserve his chosen people. Isn't that awesome? That God sees like we can't see. He can see in the heart of a man, and that's what matters, right? Can you recall to mind what God told Samuel when God sent him to anoint the next king of Israel? Amen, yes, right? Samuel was looking at the, the sons of Jesse, and he saw the first one. He was like, oh, that's got to be the one. He's, he looks good. He's strong and everything. But God told him to not look at the outward appearance, right, because God looks upon the heart, and that's what God does. And you and I can't see that, but with the help of God, we can be led to people who are seeking the Lord, people whose hearts are hurting Right. And the other thing God can help us with is not look at the outward appearance. Right. That's what this world's about. Always about the things we can see, touch and and feel. But God say, no, look beyond that. And the only way we can do that is with the help of God, the love of God. And so he wants us to meet and reach out to people. We never know who we're going to reach. We never know who we're going to interact with. We could be dealing with the next Joseph. Right. The next Paul, Apostle Paul. Right. The next brother, Mike. Right. The next brother, Harmon. Right. We don't know that. But God knows. And the the thing is, we can't try to pick and choose. And I know in our nature, human nature, we want to. Right. We want to we don't want to, you know, spend time with people that maybe society necessarily doesn't want to deal with or esteem as important. But we got to understand that God esteems them differently. And with the mind of God, with the help of God, we can start esteeming people like that. We can start valuing people as people, right, as children of God and their need, just like our need for salvation and love and belonging and family, right? And God can help us with that. Amen. One of the people, additionally, like Joseph, that often our society kind of overlooks our children, Right, Bibles are not the Bible here, but of all the people in the world who are overlooked, often children are near the top of that list. They are not wage earners or heads of households. They are small in stature and do not often understand or communicate their needs effectively. In this lesson, we will discuss the plight of overlooked children, and we will let their predicament be representative of the many other people groups who are easily overlooked. And we know when Jesus encountered uh, children, and his disciples' response initially was, "Hey." Get away, you know. This is the adult thing going on here. And Jesus quickly corrected them and said, Whoa, hold on. Do not forbid the children, for of such is the kingdom of God. And God is asking us as, as adults to have those child, childlike qualities of humbleness, willing to trust, right? Having a need to be in dependence upon our provision. Right? That, those are the qualities that God values in children that need to be in us as well.
because that's going to help us with our relationship with the Lord. And without that, it's going to be difficult, right? It's going to be difficult to, to have a need for God if we feel like we've got it all together. So God wants us to be as children. But in this example, as I just shared, often these children are overlooked, right? And we have some awesome children with us tonight, and we want to thank you for joining us. But I just tell you what, if you were in prayer last night, we had a young brother who was praising and singing the Lord by the name of Samuel. And man, he just lit up that whole room, right? And I just continually am blessed in a church like this to hear and see children worship God. And when we're praying to see the little children because they're seeing what their parents do, lay hands on others and pray for them, that is so powerful. And to see the youth in this, ch- this church to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And what a gift. What an awesome gift at any age. But to see our children receive that is amazing. And it's environments like this that that can happen, right? So, and, and when I see that, it really changed my perception of children, right? Of, wow, we can really start teaching our, our youth, our young ones at a very early age. But guess what? If I'm willing to teach and, and mentor my child in the ways of God, that's training me, and that's going to give me ability to reach and mentor those who are around me in society. Isn't God amazing? Right? So he gives us children as gifts, and we have that privilege to do that in Jesus' name. So that is awesome. I, and I think about our children, and I see them worshiping God. It's exciting, and it's awesome. It's an amazing. I want, to, I, I want parents to be in an environment like this. And I can't imagine what it's like as a parent, and some of you do, but to see your children filled with the Spirit of God and just worship God. I, I can't imagine, but I, I'm sure that encourages you, that blesses you, and that fires you up, right? Because now, man, I've got a, man, I got a little prayer warrior here. So we got to start praying more at home. we got to start reading more of the word at home, right? Because my child's going to help me, uh, keep me in line here. So amen. Thank you, Jesus. Moving on here, it says, what does it feel like to be dismissed or ignored? Question for the audience. And if you have questions, I don't know if we got it up on Facebook, but if you, if you want to respond to any of the, these questions, you're welcome to. But what does it feel like to be shunned? or dismissed as unimportant. How does that make you feel? Worthless. You get, does it, anger? That was the word I was thinking of. Does it make, must feel very happy, right? But angry, yeah, that usually is one of those results of getting treated like that, right? And so that's a very good, valid question, something we should consider as we grow in the Lord and, and we consider what really matters to God. You know, and as we view people and the way we deal with people in our, our daily lives, and not just in person, but as we're driving, right, down the road, or as we're in line at the store, or as we're on, online via the Internet, right, and dealing with people on social media. And that's, that's a, a whole other ballgame, but in the name of Jesus, we can still be examples of believers on social media. And we can still promote the gospel. We can still be a good example and encourage other people and, and make them feel loved and important and that they belong and that they matter to God. Moving on. Here it's, it says here, but God is not like us, right? He sees things differently. He sees value in people we sometimes cannot see. 
God is like the professional scout who looks past the fluff and finds the athlete who has both talent and discipline. God is like the antique dealer who scratches through layers of paint and assesses the value or potential of an item based on its structure or the material from which it was made. Our world seems to overlook people with the best hearts and greatest character. Society seems to be attracted to the noisy, talented, and pushy people. But a good pastor, teacher, or parent will look past talent or personality and see the value of a sincere soul like God does. Amen? Isn't that amazing? God looks beyond these things in Jesus' name. So here's another question for everybody. Why do we sometimes tend to treat people differently when they appear to be homeless, poor, physically challenged, or face some other life difficulty? Trust. Trust. Sure. Trust. Sure. That's good. We have any any responses online? Okay. Well, what I think about that, I realize that it's sometimes hard to relate with people that seem different from us or maybe different from the people that we normally hang around with. Right? But that's what reaches people. And as we read the scriptures, we see people who are transformed and converted. We see a peop a person like Saul, right, who was running around persecuting the church and persecuting Christians right, converted, and now is, was going around and reaching the same people that he used to persecute and having fellowship with the same people he used to persecute and want to get rid of completely, right? And God can do that for us. He can convert us to reach people that we maybe in our mind think of as enemies or different or unlovable, right? And we need that conversion. We all need to experience that conversion in the presence of the Lord. These things can happen. Without God, it ain't happening, right? We talked about last week um, as far as what God meant by writing his words in our heart. Jeremiah the prophet spoke of very well. And it's through that process that God does writing his word in our hearts through the baptism of the Holy Ghost we see in the New Testament that we can truly be converted to see those things the way God sees them. And, if, and again, going back to the the Apostle Paul, prior to his conversion, he, he wasn't able to comprehend these things, right? He wasn't able to have any value for the things that Jesus valued, right? And it says that after his conversion, it took a little bit, but people realized, yeah, he was converted. He was preaching the gospel. He was sharing. He was ministering. And he was reaching people that he, would, he before could not have ever reached, right? But God can do that. God can qualify us for what he's called us to do in life. And that's what God does best. So it doesn't, it's not a matter of my ability or my circumstances or my background in society or my place in society. If I'm willing and I just make myself available for God, he can use me to reach people, right? And if, if, if you read our, when we read our Bibles, isn't that the whole point? Isn't that the whole point of Jesus? Isn't that what he came, us, came to show us to do is, is to follow him? And reach people. And Jesus interacted with people that society despised, right? And, his, and he wants his church, us, to be that representation today in 2022. Can we, are we willing to be those representatives of God to reach people in our society? And in, in, in our modern day, we are, we are challenged with a lot of different social issues in life, but we can't ever think that this is something beyond God, that God can't help a certain group of people, right? 
And we can sit here and list names, but I don't think that would be very edifying. But the point is, we, we understand that in our modern day, there's things and challenges that we're dealing with that we've never dealt with before. But we can trust in God that this is nothing out of his control. And that if we are willing, he can give us the ability to reach people. And I hope that you're praying like that. I hope that those kinds of prayers are, are coming out of your lips on a regular basis. God, help me. How can I be used to reach somebody? Who is being rejected right now? Who feels shunned? Who in society can I reach out to and just let them know that you love them? And they're not, you know, they're not so different that they're unlovable or unreachable. In Jesus' name, God will help us with these things. God loves to bless those whom others overlook. Amen. Especially the children, right? We read that where Jesus blessed the children. So tell about a time when someone saw potential maybe in you, right, in your life, and it made a difference for you. And what I, when I share that, I think about some examples of my own life where I've experienced people who've believed in me more than I have believed in myself, right? In the Navy, I experienced that. And I certainly have experienced that here with my pastor. And he's able to see something in me that I'm not able to see. And that, I can't tell you what that does for me in my faith towards God. That, wow, there's someone here that can see past the outward appearance. And I know that pastor can only do that with the help of God. And that's awesome. And so we can be like that. We can also see, are able to see past the outward appearance with God's help in Jesus' name. But there's, there are times like that. And it's that, that type of belief in somebody that, yes, God loves you. And sometimes we need to be strong for others when they're not strong for themselves. Maybe we need to be there to help love them when not, they're not even able to love themselves. Amen. Right? And that's a place, we, a place we can play in the kingdom of God, the persons we can be for those people who are not able to connect in society. But we understand we serve a God who esteems them very highly. That same God who died for us on the cross died for them. And when I'm challenged with that, with dealing with somebody, I, I have to remember that, that God died for them, right, just like he died for me. So who am I to try to lift myself or make, think I'm better or smarter or more capable or more blessed? God loves them too. He died for them too in Jesus' name. When Jesus ministered to children, he was planting seeds and giving young souls an opportunity to be a part of his eternal kingdom. We would be wise to minister as Jesus did. He was willing and ready to minister to anyone and everyone. He broke racial barriers, gender barriers, class barriers, and age barriers. He loved everyone in Jesus' name. I was sharing today with someone that, you know, the early church really turned the, their world upside down. The scripture says that. And we too can turn our world upside down. And how do we do it? Do we attack? Do we go on political campaigns? Do we, you know, campaign for this or that? No, we just learn how to love like Jesus loved and reach people who are the society thinks are unreachable. Break those barriers in Jesus' name. And we, too, can turn our world and our society upside down for the kingdom of God's sake. Isn't that awesome? The Bible says that John and Peter were considered unlearned and ignorant men. So how many of us would, would like that title on a resume? <laughs> unlearned and ignorant, right? Probably not something we're going to write. But 
Check this out. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter about our background, our intellect, our financial status. But if we spend time with Jesus, we too can have that impact in our society, in our neighborhoods, in our family, right, in our schools, in our jobs, because people will recognize that we had been with Jesus. And that's what's going to make a difference for people. You know, that, man, somebody's treating me with kindness. They're willing to sit down with me and have a meal, right, when nobody else is willing to do that. Those little things matter to God, right? And we can be assured through the scriptures that that is what God values in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. It says here, what are some accusations the enemy might use to convince believers they are unworthy of God's love? And how can those accusations be countered? Wow, the enemy just loves to accuse. We know that. But maybe we can just look to ourselves and think about some of the things that the enemy has told us why we're unlovable. But we know that's a lie, right? God loves all, and with the help of God, we can love all. But, there, but we are very aware that that's out there in society. The Bible teaches us that we're in spiritual warfare, right? And the enemy is constantly bombarding people with the fact that they're unloved or make them think that they're unloved in this world. We sadly see an epidemic of people taking their lives in our world today because they don't feel like they belong. They don't feel like they're loved, right? And what if we can be that person who does love them? Think about the impact that can make in somebody's life if we have the desire to do that in the name of Jesus. Think around about the people around every day. We see them at work. We see them. We pass by them. We see them alone. We see them walking. We see them uh, being shunned by people, the difference we can make by just extending the right hand of fellowship, letting them know that they are loved in Jesus' name. So with that said, we can, uh, we can claim in the name of Jesus that if we ever feel unloved, if we ever feel like we're not worthy, we can just point to Jesus because he makes us. He clothes, he clothes us with his righteousness. He puts his armor upon us. And with his help, we can have victory in Jesus' name. We can overcome. And most of all, we can learn how to love people. And that's something that I'm always praying that God helps me with. Teach me how to love, Lord, in Jesus' name. It says that the churches op- that tra- operate in an apostolic authority Bless those who come to their venues. People who are privileged to grow up in the church learn at a young age to pray, to teach, and to lay hands on the sick. We should all be forever grateful for parents, friends, Sunday school teachers, youth leaders, pastors, and Bible school instructors who have put their hands on our heads and prayed for us throughout the years. They were being intentional and not to look, not to look anyone over in Jesus' name. So, And we just talked about that, and I'm thankful to be in an environment like this. I've had, whether it's here or at the Man Up Adventure experiences or the, the, the men's conferences where just people who didn't know me personally just had the boldness to come up and put lay their hands on me in faith and pray. And I'm still I've, uh, experiencing blessings from those things. I've overcome so much, and I've experienced breakthrough in my own life through that type of faith. And we're in an environment that does that, right? We're not trying to lift ourselves up, but God allows us to, to be a part of that, where we're in faith reaching out to people. 
And I know it's, it's, it can be a new thing for people who aren't used to the, the apostolic environment and things like that. But in Jesus' name, if we have faith, if we're seeking God and we want love, there's no greater source than being in the presence of the Lord is to experience the love of God because it just bypasses and breaks down all those barriers. So if you're looking for love, if you want to if you're looking to belong to something, know that God wants you. And you are we are always welcome no matter who you are, what your background is, you're welcome in the presence of the Lord. And we can find that, we can have that confidence to know that God he welcomes us. He wants to lay his hands on us and touch us and minister to us and bless us just like he did those children in the scriptures in Jesus' name. And we can have the confidence that we too can learn to have not only our sins remitted in Jesus' name, but we can have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. We can belong to the family of God in the name of Jesus. It says here, as we watch this video... Consider some of the things we've been talking about. Consider some of these barriers. Maybe you have some barriers right now. You know, if, you, if we examine ourselves and just pray, God, show me any barriers that may be existing in my heart. But as we watch this video, consider these things. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he tells them to wait in Jerusalem for the Comforter to come. And in verse 8, he says this, And you will receive power after you have received the Holy Ghost, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, Jerusalem, that's where they currently were. That wasn't too difficult for them. Judea, that was a surrounding region that also was kind of close to their home. Now, while the uttermost parts of the earth was a little bit farther, that still was pretty attainable for them. But Samaria, there was a reason why Jesus told them to go to Samaria. Jews didn't like Samaria, and they didn't like Samaritans. But Jesus knew that there were people there that had been overlooked by society that needed his message of the gospel. When I was nine years old, my parents planted a church in the inner city of Tampa, Florida, arguably the worst street in the entire city. Now, when we were going there, we were told, well, why would you go there? Why plant a church there? Why do you not go to a better area of town? Why not just go to the suburbs and plant a church? But my parents recognized and understood that there were people there on that street who had been overlooked, forgotten, and downtrodden by society, almost like how the Jews treated the Samaritans who needed the message of Jesus. And so when Jesus told his disciples not only to go to Samaria, but to be his witnesses into Samaria, he was saying there are people there who have been forgotten and overlooked who need this message of salvation. And so let that be our desire, that we would go to the people who have been overlooked and forgotten and preach this message and be the witness that Jesus has called us to be. Amen. That is awesome. And we saw the mighty move of God in Samaria, right? And we know that Jesus first in the Gospels went to Samaria and met the Samaritan woman right on purpose, right? He, and there's, so we can have that confidence that, hey, this is where Jesus would go. And we don't have to fear if we know that this is where God has called us to go and what to do. We can, we can have the confidence in God that he's going to reach people. And all we're doing is being available for the use of God in Jesus' name. But um, as we considered and we watched that video... What came to mind? What are some thoughts you had? What are some people or situations that came to your mind that maybe could fit into that category? Perhaps there's some scenarios or maybe there's some obstacles right now or maybe today 
we missed an opportunity. How many have done that before where you're just like, man, I should have said something. I should have prayed with them. You know, God was dealing with me. You know, but we can have, we can ask God in, in prayer and say, Lord, give me another chance. You know, I've done that before. Lord, give me another chance, an opportunity to reach this person. Talk to them. You know, pray with them. Just ask them if they need anything. You know, those are those opportunities. The Bible says to be careful to entertain strangers, right? Because sometimes they might be angels. That's the scripture in Jesus' name. And says here, who are some overlooked people God is stirring you to reach out to? What has come to mind during this lesson? And what can we do to fulfill Jesus' mission? Think of some people in our society right now. In Gillette, Wyoming, who we know are shunned for whatever reason. God, help me. And maybe we're thinking, well, someone will reach them, right? In that kind of a natural thought that comes to mind, someone will reach them, you know. Um, but, Lord, what about me? You know, am I willing to be that person? Or am I telling God who I, I'll reach and who I won't? But, God, if we just open our lives up, God will use us. We're going to be able to be, make a kingdom impact in somebody's life. And, again, we may be ministering. We don't know, too an angel, or we may be ministering to that next pastor, right, who's going to rise up, and God can use in a mighty way in Jesus' name. But we get to be a part of that. No matter what part it is, if we make ourselves available, God will use us. It says here, each of us who choose to embrace Jesus' message will experience the abundant life he promised as he spoke to us to bless the lives of those who are forgotten and overlooked. And as I read that and I was thinking about it, I realized a lot of what Jesus spoke of in the gospel was really focused on that, allowing people and showing people not only by words but examples of how important it is to reach people who the society shuns oftentimes. And in the book of Matthew, and I'll close with this, starting in verse number 35, Jesus is speaking here. He says, For I was in hunger, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Amen. And the king shall answer them when they didn't realize who that he was talking about. Right? Jesus will respond in verse 40. He says, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Amen. So we can have the confidence that we, it's never a mistake to try to reach somebody. We can have the confidence that this is the will of God for me to go beyond myself, to go beyond what is comfortable, to go beyond what is on my mind and my perceptions and say, in the name of Jesus, for the love of God and the kingdom of God, I'm going to reach this person. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to pray with them. I'm going to invite them to church. I'm going to invite them uh, for, for a meal. You know, I'm going to talk to them and have a relationship with them and not be afraid to do so in the name of Jesus. And so as we close here and we sing that one last song, that song we started out with, Give Thanks, I want you guys, everyone here to, to consider some of the things we discussed. Consider some of the people that you live around, the, some of the people you work around, and how that's going to, how we can make an impact into, in their, their lives on a daily basis. Start praying. You know, God, ask Ask God, God, how can I make an impact? How can I be used in your kingdom? 
this altar is open. If you feel like you need prayer for anything, you need some help, some encouragement, this altar is open in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Fifteen years ago, maybe a little bit longer, the United Pentecostal Church decided to, to keep some numbers. And uh, what they did that year was they were they were keeping the numbers of how many people were getting the Holy Ghost and where they were getting the Holy Ghost. And you talk about groups that are being shunned. That year, they found out that one of the biggest, uh, or it might have been the biggest outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the United States came in our prison system. 
that there were over 3,000 people that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in, in those environments. Um, about five years ago, our organization again decided to do some intentional evangelism with another group that he mentioned tonight that sometimes gets shunned, and that is with children. And to the date, there's probably been some four to 5,000 young children filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost because of those concerted efforts. And sometimes that's what the Lord will do for us. He'll just put something on our heart, some group of people, some situation, environment, whatever the case is. And if we'll follow through with what the Lord wants us to do, I believe that we will see God do some of the most powerful works in the places that maybe some people thought never could happen again in Jesus' name. Can we pray together right now? And let's ask the Lord to help us as a church. I believe this can change from time to time, but are we willing? I want to be willing, praise God, to do and to go wherever you want us to go, Lord Jesus. Not to look on the outside, but Lord Jesus, to trust that you're looking on the inside in the name of Jesus. And Lord Jesus, I believe that you can help us. You can help us. To obtain yes, the things that you want us to obtain in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Lord Jesus, help us to go to Samaria. Help us to find maybe where the Samaria of this city is. And to be willing to go, Lord Jesus. And I thank you so much, Lord Jesus. I believe there are burdens here that you are going to help to be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Can we thank the Lord for that? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.